Welcome to the Easy Loss Weight Loss Show. Sue and James have helped thousands to lose weight and make massive improvements in their lives with the Easy Loss Weight Loss Program, both in person and with their range of best-selling apps. So here's your host, Sue Peckham. Hi everyone, it's Sue from Easy Loss again. And today, I'm really, really excited. I know I get excited quite a lot, but I am really excited today because I've got two lovely guests this afternoon. And one of them isn't actually James for a change. He's out, I think he's out having a, he says he's working, but I think he's probably out having a cup of tea. Um, Today I've got with me our lovely Sig, who, as you know, does our PR um, with us. But she's actually agreed to come and, and chat to our special guest today with me because she knows a lot more about, um, Esme Gummer. Hi, Esme. Hello. She knows a lot more about Esme and what Esme does than I do. So we thought it would be really good if we all came in together and, and chatted together. So, Esme, I know you have an absolutely amazing story. Can you just tell our listeners what happened to you though all those years ago? Yeah, so I um I I grew up dancing, um, ever since I was younger and when I was a 17 I auditioned for dance college okay. and I got a place um, at Foreman Arts College to start in September so I would have turned 18 and then started and I was dancing so it's every young girl's dream really isn't yeah, it yeah so that's basically what I aimed for growing up to go dance college I used to dance um, with my local school and we finished off the year with a summer tour so we went to Devon done the summer tour had a show and then I had I got a hernia um just a small one in my groin and I decided mm. to leave it until I'd done all my shows because it would be okay. my last show get it fixed go to dance college so it didn't stop you dancing no it you? hurt and it was a bit painful um but if I'd have got it fixed I would have missed out on my last show and it was right. like almost like leaving the school you wanted to do your last show yeah, with them. yeah so I think there was about six to eight weeks between the last show and going to college so I was going to get my hernia repaired and then go um so I'd done my final show with my school went in to have it fixed it was just a day operation and when I was coming around from the surgery um I was seizuring um, and I seizured for about eight hours so really I don't really I don't really know what happened because in the first sort of three days of it I don't really remember anything um I just have like blips of things I remember seeing like tiles on the ceiling I remember seeing my mum I remember being surrounded by people um but yeah so I um I had you should have just gone in for the day and then gone home yeah so literally I even went in on my own (laughs) and my my granddad dropped me off like my mum went to work my dad went to work and I'm quite like that I'm very independent I was like oh no it's all right I'll go have a day operation pick me up later like and my granddad dropped me off and said oh have you got an overnight bag and I was like no I'm not staying you know (laughs) so short um and he was like all right so but yeah I came out and they'd called my mum and I think they panicked my mum because they kind of took her off into a room was like "Mm," and my mum was like, what's happened to my daughter? And well, you would, because I mean, when you sit on casualty, don't you? Yeah, like, you oh, know, like the, the family you. room. Yeah. Where they tell you, like, bad news. So they took her in there and she was like, oh, God, classic Esme. Um, and then they actually brought her in the room when I was seizuring. So my mum saw the whole thing. So she probably is more scarred from it than me, that beginning right. bit, because she saw the whole thing. Um, they were sedating me and, you know, constantly putting injections in to try and calm me down. But I just didn't stop seizuring. So it went on for eight hours. Um, so the first sort of, like, three days, I um I couldn't 
I couldn't move from waist down. I didn't have any like motor skills, so like grabbing things and things like that. So even your hands? No, like my hands were just pretty much like just like down. Like, I couldn't reach and grab and like feed myself and things like that. Um, and then I lost like short term memory. My poor mum. I had to ask her every hour, where am I? Why am I here? I've got to go dance college. Um, so yeah. And then my speech had gone funny, so um, I sounded like a bit drunk. Okay. So that things started coming back, and obviously my mum, like initially when she was there, thought this is it, like, and they they didn't know if I'd had a stroke, like they literally. Did they think there was a possibility of losing you then? Yeah, well, no, not. I don't think they were worried too much about that. Probably when I first came round, I mean, you know, it was intensive care. Like, they all came in, I was seizuring, and obviously they didn't know what was going to go on. But once I started coming round, things were getting better, but just so slowly. So, obviously, every hour, my mum just didn't know if, you know... Mm. The long-term Yeah, like, I could have just been stuck like that, I suppose, how I was when I initially came round. So, um, time was going on, and... I was I just had to stay in the bed and I sort of remember the times I remember is everything's like coming back but from waist down it didn't so I was completely fine like in my head like everything was fine I could grab things again I could talk I could but from waist down I just couldn't move so you, and, could um, you feel your legs no you no no I couldn't them. feel them and like I couldn't you know like God, how I was like going toilet like I literally from like belly button down nothing can I just ask you when, when you you finally you get regained, you know, all your motor skills, are, you know, in your hands yeah. and everything, and, and we were able to think and be aware of what had happened to you. What did that feel like? It was really strange because I think um, the amount of drugs they'd put into me, like they'd put so much sedation into me and things like that, I was so... It's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard to... Um, like, when I think back to when it happened and when I started coming around, because, like I said, it happened so gradually, things started coming back, it wasn't like I woke up. You know how people sometimes yeah, maybe wake up from a coma a and you go, oh my God, where am I panic? But it mm. wasn't, it was like build up, build up. So I was slowly getting used to it. And I suppose like once I was completely back all like in my brain, like I knew what was going on. The worst times was obviously when my family would go home and I was left in the bed from like nine in the evening till nine the next morning. So my mum couldn't stay because I was technically an adult then. Sure. Um, so I was, I was just thinking, you know, it's funny you you mentioned your mum. I was just thinking because Sig and I are both mothers mm. and I, I just can't imagine your child That's going in for yeah. a routine operation. You're, you're you know, yeah. poor you, but my parents and my family, like, because my mum was the initial port of call, but then obviously my dad was coming mm. as well. And like, they mm. were spending, you know, they both spent hours upon hours with me, both mm. of them. And I remember it being my dad's birthday while I was there. Like, you know, they were both, you know, my d it, they dropped everything. Basically. Yeah, and like my mum, my mum's very caring and very relaxed. My dad's very funny and very entertaining. So you know, I had that kind of element from both yeah. of them, which was it was amazing to have them both. But yeah, it must have been horrible. But yeah, when they left to go home, you know, nine o'clock would come round. Mm -hmm. It's being in that bed and almost like not being able to just dash to the toilet, mm -hmm. and you're actually stuck and like a prisoner, basically. Yeah, it was. That was when I kind of um, would go a bit crazy in my head, I suppose, and I just had to keep calm. People would be like, "Oh, didn't you cry? Didn't you like, you know, go mental?" And I mm -hmm. just kept calm for the whole experience because if you're stuck, if you get yourself worked up, there's nothing you can do. But you were very young, yeah, yeah like, to realise that. Yeah, yeah, I think like um, when I was. You know, when I was younger, I was really dependent growing up. Um, I was quite a baby, actually, a baby of the family. I was very mm. dependent on my family. And, um, yeah, I suppose I needed my, my oldest sister. She, I used to get called baby cakes by, like, my... I just remember it. Mm. But when that happened, that's sort of when, 
like my mind changed. Almost sort of and, grew up overnight. Yeah, I kind of like, I say to people like, I almost became like friends with myself. I kind of okay. realised that like, throughout that situation and throughout that experience, I kind of realised there's like two of me almost. There's the vulnerable, weaker, younger side of me. And then there's the me that can handle it and look after it. And I think it made me realise in any situation when anything bad happens in life and it happens to me now, People can either become the younger person and the weak, the vulnerable, the help me, the depend on everyone around yeah, them. the panicker. Yeah, or they can remember who they are, what they've been through, and look after their younger person. Do you see what that's I mean? That's a very clever way of looking and at it. And that's got, you know, it's sort of like a, I suppose it's like a theory I came, at, like I came up with to myself from that experience and as time went on. And yeah. dealing with things in life, it just, you know, made me realise... I can look after you. So it's almost like, if you imagine yourself at five years old, you know, on the playground, your friends will run away from you, you're crying. Like, what would you do? You'd pick them up and be like, Ez, come here, you're going to be all right, you've got me. Do you know, know? I, I, I just think, I don't know about you, Sig, I think it's really important that I just say to our listeners now, the young lady sitting here with me now, who sounds so uh, together and so wise, <laughs> Esme, how old are you? 23. She's 23. I just, <laughs> is it, there's not much that shifts me to tears, but I've got to admit, I'm, I'm finding it difficult to hold it together here. Um, I, I didn't expect to hear that. I didn't expect to hear that. And you are incredible. Thank you. Absolutely amazing. Now, the reason, I'm going to get Sig to explain, the reason that we're here today talking to you, and we'll come back to your story in a minute, mm -hmm. the reason we're talking to you is because you've done something incredible since, haven't mm -hmm. you? And if Sig, could you just explain a bit about it? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll try. And if I get it wrong, Esme, you have to correct me. <laughs> um, but basically, Esme obviously didn't want to accept the advice of the, of the doctors that, you know, potentially she might not walk again and that dance college was kind of out of the window. Um, and she uh, basically decided that she, you know, whatever happened, she was going to make it to dance college at some point. She rehabilitated herself. Um, she got to dance college. She went on to become a cheerleader. Didn't go to dance college. Did you not? You didn't go no. to dance college in the end. So you missed the scholarship and you didn't. Yeah. So um, my aim was obviously I was telling the doctors like, I need to go to dance college and kept saying that. And um, and were you still in the hospital at this point? Yeah. Yeah. So this is when I was paralysed from waist down and obviously said. Um, I said, oh, I need to go to dance college. And they said, no, 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 you know, you might not ever walk again. And I remember hearing those words. And I was like, yes, I will. I asked for physio and they weren't allowed to move me because I might have had a spinal injury or a stroke. So they had to give me scans and stuff first before they could start the physio because if I had spinal damage, they're not allowed to get me up because obviously it could do something terrible. Um, so I just started trying to do it myself, like um, Sig said, moving my feet around in the bed, but I couldn't. Um, very kill Bill, you know. So trying to do things like that. Um, and then they finally said I could walk, um, get up and just start walking, but they weren't too pleased about it because I couldn't feel my legs. So I actually couldn't feel my feet. Couldn't feel anything from waist down. Well, you just did this by yourself. Well, I just would sit up in bed, and they knew I was like keen, and I'd get my eyes. You know, they were like, "You're not allowed to move," blah, 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 and I'd get myself out of the bed with my upper body and sit on the chair, and be like, "Hey." <laughs> they come round and be like, "She's not in the bed," and I'd be like, "Hey." But you know, I just couldn't face you it. Must like... have been the nightmare for the time. Oh my god! I think that's why they like um, actually discharged me because I went missing one night, which is a whole other story. Just get her out my, of here. Honestly, my friends used to come and um, take me out in the wheelchair, and I didn't go back one night till 10 o'clock at night and I missed all my medication and the next day they were like we're sending you home 
<laughs> because they were like, you know, I was so with it and I was on this wall with people who were just so unwell, like severely unwell and it was really hard because I was unwell but not in the same sense, you know, I was yeah. completely switched yeah. on and seeing all these things around me and I remember there was a lady on the wall with dementia who used to come up to my bed at night and you know, it was so sad, it was really emotional and I was completely switched on but just stuck. Yeah. And I could have been completely switched on yeah. and stuck back home. But I wasn't yeah. allowed to leave I wasn't allowed to leave the um hospital until I could stand, take a few steps. Um how that was a room of juice. So it's three weeks of um that was like learning to walk on like parallel bars. That's like where the process started happening. So I started learning to walk um without feeling the floor. Um so I used my upper body on parallel bars and would just kind of scrape my feet along and there's some videos of it that my dad took and they're just crazy when I look at them now. Um I didn't get anywhere. And yeah, just standing up. And I think I remember my last day in hospital was learning to walk upstairs again. Um, and I nearly fell and it was so petrifying. And you just think, you take stairs for granted. Yeah. Like you run upstairs because you've got your jacket, you know, run. And I'm standing on there and it was absolutely petrifying. I went to take a step and I missed it. Um, but I had two like doctors with me holding on to me or physiotherapists. Yeah. Um, I was allowed to leave once I've taken, I think, three steps um, sort of without anyone. So yeah. like three steps along, maybe holding someone's hand, um, stand up and a couple of steps on the stairs and then they discharge me. But then from then on, it was still loads after that. Because it's just like getting up off the sofa, going to the toilet, sitting on the toilet, standing Mm. up, going back. You know, I couldn't go out long distance, couldn't go out for walks. Had to go in a wheelchair, got exhausted, had no balance. So, you know, the the longest recovery was after I left the hospital, you know. Mm. And you were still only 18 at that time. Yes, I was 18. And then um, I was told I could get disability allowance. And my brother was disabled himself and he'd love to work and he can't, he physically can't. I just thought, I can work. You know, I couldn't take that. So I got um, I got a job at um, my local newspaper, and um, I was just working in there. And then at the same time, I'd done an online fitness course because I knew I was getting better. Um, so I'd done my online fitness course at the same time. As soon as I passed that, I left. Um, got into a gym, done my personal training. Were you training. able to walk at this time? So it was like, yeah, I could walk. I got to the point where I was walking, but you know, I wasn't fast or anything. And I got to the point where I could walk, but it was it was tiring no balance coordination it was just things like that you take for granted and i every sunday i used to have um physio and i had dance physio with one of my old dance teachers and um we went back to like basics and i remember i used to just cry so much um because before i went in for the operation i'd done my final show at 18 and i was probably at my you know my peak mm. of dance like I was at my best. I was about to start dance college. And then within, like, one night or one day, I'd gone from, like, you know, at my peak to paralysed. And when I got back in the dance studio and I was trying to even lift a leg off the floor and I couldn't, I couldn't, or plie and do ballet technique. And to not be able to do it, the hardest part was comparing what I was like that night I'd done my show to standing in a room full of kids sometimes, plieing with them and not being able to catch up with five-year-olds, you know? And, um, it's heartbreaking, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? that was the toughest bit, the comparison, and it was the confidence knock there, really not my confidence. My friends had all gone off to dance college and I was learning to walk again. It was, you know, yeah, it's really difficult. it's extreme. I mean, yeah. that, that's actually... So going back to talking about why we're here today, which makes it even more amazing, um, is that actually uh, Esme has not only obviously recovered her her sort of physical skills, she's gone on to produce and create a uh, fitness dance DVD, which is going to be launched tomorrow. That's um, just amazing. This week, um, <laughs> which is incredible. So, you know, not not only just to get back into something she loved, but she's now at the top of her game again. 
and she's basically motivating others um, using, it's actually called Train Like a Cheerleader. Um, so it's it's really apt because obviously there's lots about cheerleaders at the moment in the UK. There's I'm, a song about them at the moment. Yeah. Just, just incredible. And I know, you know, we put photographs up after all our podcasts and on our show notes. But I just think it's really important. If you're listening to this podcast today, please, after you finish, please go to www easyloss.co.uk forward slash podcast and have a look at the photograph of this young lady because there's no comparison between what you're saying and telling us from your story to the young lady that's sitting here today. Oh, it's amazing. You've got, I've seen pictures as well, the, the, you know, the pictures of you learning yeah, to walk Yeah, there is again. some pictures quite of being, shocking. yeah, learning to walk on parallel bars as well. So, Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's really it's inspirational. Amazing. I think it just shows that... We'll put some links to your website as well as yeah, me yeah, so people can just see yeah there's, a, there's how a... far you've come because i know for, from my point of view you know i hear some really inspirational stories from our weight loss ladies so, you know you'll back me up on that sig won't Absolutely. you we, we do hear incredible stories of people overcoming Tough all kinds of situations exactly what this is but i think in all my time as a therapist i've never heard a story like yours <sighs> I've, it's you know, definitely mind over matter. It's incredible. Yeah, given it up is. at any time. Absolutely yeah, it is definitely incredible. about the for mind. somebody so young. Mm. You know, it's just amazing. And what do you, what do you think's the most sort of what was the key thing you learnt more than ever? I think it, yeah, in it's that time. Do you know it's definitely what you said? It is. It's all about the mind, and you know the sort of stuff I've come up with and how I train now and how I train other people and motivate other people. It is to do with the mind and I preach about it so much in my classes and people are like, God, here she goes again. I say, don't make me preach. But, <laughs> you know, it's... it's um, being there and being in that position and being told you're never going to walk again, You, I could have given up and I could have said, OK. And they said to me, the day I walked out, and I remember my physiotherapist crying her eyes out when I walked out. And, then, well, I walked into my wheelchair and got wheeled out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Staggered just, out. Just trying to act cool. Um, yeah, but no, she... Um, and I remember her saying, look, if, if you'd have accepted that, and the doctor said, if you'd have accepted the day that we said you're never going to walk again, it would have all just stopped. Like, you know, that signal from your brain to your legs would have stopped. It would have gone, I'd be paralysed now, you know, not because I was meant to be, because everything would have slowly shut down. That's how the body works, you know, and it, I yeah. just would have forgot. You, you just accept. It was more like it was using my mind to trigger off those patterns, and it took ages and... You know, three weeks it is it is a small amount of time, but you've got to think three weeks into days, into hours, into minutes, mm. like seconds of just channeling my mind mm. into what I wanted. I wanted to walk again. I wanted to dance again, and you know, and that's what's got me into fitness. And you know, this DVD and motivating other people is I've done the hard bit. Like I've done that bit. Now let me teach you. And you know, yeah, don't reinvent the wheel. Just find somebody yeah. who knows how to do it. You know, and get like them to show you. I, I, yeah. I, that's what I want to do. I just want to change. I want to change fitness. I want to change how people enter fitness. I feel like everybody should enter a class, training, any sort of thing they do with their mind, not with their body. And the other bit will come after. And I have so many people. And you know, one of the hardest questions when people ask me, "How do you get your body like that?" They see my body. How, how long did it take? Yeah. What do you do every week? What classes do you do? What do you eat? And I say, do you know what? I didn't get my body like this because I wanted it. I didn't say, oh, I want my body like this because I want my quad like that and my abs. It, it wasn't about that. It was about getting my body back and getting my balance back and coordination. So I done everything I could. If I done ten press ups last week, I'm gonna do twelve this week. Yeah. If I done, you know, ran for a minute last week, I'm gonna run for two minutes this week. Yeah. My body just came with it's it. About improving all the time. You know, and that's how I want people to enter fitness. Enter with their mind, like 
Don't enter with a goal of, I want to go into this class and come out and be a size eight, because it's not going to happen. And you're going to come out and be disappointed. I want people to enter it with, right, last week I gave up after 45 seconds. Let's see if I can do 50 seconds. Yeah. Got, you got to set mind goals and you got to stay in the zone. And once you get there, six weeks later, you look in the mirror and go, oh my God, I look amazing. When did that happen? How you did know? that happen? Yeah. How did it happen? Because I wasn't even looking at my body. Yeah. I was just setting mind goals and... You know, and that's how I want to train people because that's how I trained my body. That's how I started walking again. I didn't say, I didn't like lay there and say, oh, I want to be like the world's top dancer. I said, I want to walk again. So I'm going to walk again. Once I was walking, I want to train. I want to dance, you know, and that's how I done it. I think. And what you didn't do was say, I can't do that. You looked for... Yeah, oh, I said I that a lot. That. You didn't <laughs> become the victim. I, I did. become the victim. Yeah, there was a lot of times, yeah, there was a lot of times where I said I can't. And again, it made me come up with the kind of concept that having like an interruption, every time I said I can't, I'd interrupt it with I can. And it could be anything. A really like classic thing I do that people see me do when I train is I slap my thighs. So if I'm like going at it and I stop, I slap my thighs and it comes from when I was paralysed um, because I couldn't feel it probably. <laughs> so I was bruised. No, but it would be... When I was paralysed, if I went to do something, I couldn't do it. I can't. I'd say, I can't do it. I'd give up, yeah? And I'd slap my thighs. And as soon as I'd done that, my brain knew to say, I can. And I've completely... That's what I do when I train now. If I'm, How funny. Yeah, it's just a habit I do. And it's, it's just the power of interruption. It's interrupting a thought and changing it and replacing it with, I can. And if you do it often enough... Yeah, it's a habit. It's become a habit. The more you practice it. I, yeah. We say this at Easy Loss all the time, don't we? Say, you know, there are four guidelines in the yeah. Easy Loss programme. Just keep doing it. You know, it doesn't matter if one time... You forget one time you don't do it. Just start again. Yeah. You can yeah. do it. You, you can, can just back. can it is a change what's going to happen mm. in the Definitely. future. Definitely. So I think you've got to look, live and look forward, which is mm. obviously exactly what you had to do in this circumstance. Yeah. You just had to do the best with with the situation. You certainly have. I mean, you've you've done more than most people have done who've never had any kind of medical trauma. And the fact you yeah. managed to sort Absolutely. of overturn Absolutely. what could Incredible. have been an absolute disaster. So... You've, we've come up to London today and you've got a DVD. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a bit about the DVD? Yeah, so um, DVD is called Train Like a Cheerleader and um, cheerleading was sort of the first thing, the first dancey thing I did after my recovery. Um, so I didn't go to dance college and I found it very, very difficult to go to dance class. I'd lost my confidence and a friend was cheerleading at the time and I kind of saw it and then she said, why don't you come down? I was so scared to go into a studio and cheerleading was almost like a, a fun and relaxed way of getting back into dancing without me feeling like people were judging me in the room and comparing me to what I used to be like because I'd never done cheerleading before. And the sort of cheerleading I did was like pom dance, so like American cheerleading, dancing with pom-poms. Do you know I'd love um, to do that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what? It was so fun and it kind of... That yeah, yeah, we can do it, we can do it. Um, but, it, you know, it was a fun way of getting back into it without taking myself too seriously and having a laugh and with a nice group of girls and, you know, they become my family and we spend every Sunday together and we were a group and we started cheerleading at Crystal Palace Football Club and we became their um, resident cheerleaders. We were the Crystals. And I Aww. spent um, two... I probably shouldn't say this because people are going to probably Google it now and see what I used to look like. Um, I, <laughs> I spent two seasons there, I think, maybe two, three seasons there. We done calendars, charity events. You know, it was really fun and that's when I kind of got approached and they knew I was in fitness and 
um, Chris had approached me and said, oh, can we do a fitness um, concept with cheerleading because there's nothing out there? And I was like, yeah. And it, it took a long time to actually do it. We kept talking about it. And we yeah. finally, last year, was like, right, let's do it. Let's get it done. So um, I was with a new group um, of cheerleaders called Drop the Pom. And we kind of were breaking through the kind of cheesy cheerleader thing to say we can dance as well. We drop the palms down and break down, you know. Oh, so cool. we got booked for events for things like that, and then we were on Got to Dance, and we, you know, we done fun stuff together. So they they became they were my real family of friends, and um, I took four of them out with me to Athens to film, and they've been so supportive, and they absolutely loved it, and we had so much fun. We filmed it out there, and now it's ready to go. That's crazy. Who's it aimed at? everyone everyone can cheerlead you know i teach cheerleading classes now and um the most the favorite part is just picking up the pom-poms <laughs> i come into the room and they're all standing there looking at the bag and i'm like get your pom-poms and they're all standing there holding still and i say give them a shake get out your system oh. even grown women are like, yeah. like you know kids can do it teenagers can do it adults men honestly anyone can do it so all ages all ages because the kind of concept behind it is there's a high intensity section where you can you know um that's the sort of training behind being a cheerleader so getting the cheerleader physique almost you know high intensity training and getting the strength of your leg core nice toned arms things like that and then the other side of it is the cheer dance section where you just learn a sort of dance choreography of pom-poms and everyone loves it it's cheesy it's fun so you kind of do the high intensity bit hate your life and then you Aww. dance with pom-poms like yeah <laughs> and flush it all away and pretend it never happened so but yeah sounds like exactly the perfect workout so <laughs> you dance and it, if you've got pom-poms, you're anyone's. When's this DVD coming out, Esme? It's coming out tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> oh, you didn't tell me that. Oh, yeah. It's all very exciting. Oh, fantastic. fantastic. I think, yeah, I mean, if, if all goes to plan, then um, actually people might read about Esme in the paper because she's had a lot of interest from uh, the national papers, obviously, okay. about you know, the oh, story. So, uh, so tomorrow... Keep us in touch. I absolutely mm -hmm. will. Make sure you let us know. Esme, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for coming in to help us out. Thank you for introducing us Anytime. to Esme Sig. It's absolutely, it's been amazing. And uh, as I say, I'm really in awe. I can't believe you're only 23. You're either a 104-year-old midget because <laughs> <laughs> you've done so much stuff. Um, you, you make me feel very humble. Oh, and good. it's a real privilege Thanks to meet you. Me. I, it's, it's our pleasure, Esme. Thank you so much for coming in. Can I just say, for now, thank you to Sig. No problem. Anytime. Thank you to Esme. If you've enjoyed this podcast, and I can't imagine anybody listening who hasn't, if you've been inspired by Esme's story, if there's anyone you think that would get something out of listening to Esme's story, please, please um, share this podcast with your friends there's a little button on top of your iphone that you can impress and i, I say every podcast please please do share it I, I think so many people would love to hear esme's story and be inspired by it um if you've got any questions for esme please send them to to us at info at easyloss.co.uk and we will make sure that we keep in touch with esme and we'll you're happy to answer questions yeah of course of course um we will um forward the questions on to esme and get back to you with some answers Everything, all the information that we've talked about on this podcast today will be on the, the show notes, as I said, on www.easyloss.co.uk forward slash podcast. But for today, I just want to say thank you so much to all of you for listening. I'm absolutely overcome, so I'm going to go and have a lie down in a darkened room now and a cup of tea. <laughs> and um, 
I'm looking forward to speaking to you again next time. And I think I find it hard to find a more inspirational guest, but we'll do our best. <laughs> Thank you, Esme. Thank, Thank you, you Sig. So much. No problem. Take care. Bye for now. You've been listening to the Easy Loss Weight Loss Show. Remember to press the subscribe button to get regular podcast updates. And if you've enjoyed this show, remember to share it with your friends. Thanks for listening.